Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Yeah, hello. Derek, it's been an angry week. <laughs> yes, it I'm is. Angry. <laughs> I'm angry. I am angry. We were supposed to record to yesterday, but I canceled <clears throat> because I was angry. Very angry. <laughs> but it looks like you're feeling better. I'm feeling better today. I've had a day to cool down and uh, have some beers and a couple of drinks and a relaxed day. I ate some candied peanuts and almonds and pecans. I've had some chocolate. Awesome. Had a couple more beers. I've had some apple harvest. Oh, yes. Jack Daniels. Tennessee whiskey. Hmm. Mm, some jokes going on and whatnot. To, yeah. But I'm still angry. <laughs> so I had a 20-year-old Ford Ranger, 420,000 kilometers on it. I got rid of it, bought a brand new... Well, at the time, 2013 Ford F-150. Yeah. Because I figured I've got to put, start putting money into this Ranger, so I'll buy a brand new truck and won't have to put money into it. Yeah. Boy, have I been wrong. <laughs> and then the other day, 140, I just actually, it's out my driveway right now with 141,002 kilometers on it. Yeah. Right? Still a pretty... That's fairly low Young mileage. engine. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, I took it in because the engine light came on and they said, it is your cam phasers. <laughs> phasers <laughs> on stun. Captain, I cannot give any more. <laughs> you won't go any faster <laughs> than I lithium crystals, Captain. <laughs> My phaser, uh, cam phasers apparently are gone. What are cam phasers, you may ask? Yes, I didn't know. I asked. I looked at the guy like he was, okay, you're just making stuff up now. <laughs> uh, apparently, they are the um, little sprockets that your timing chain go around. Yeah. I don't know how those <coughs> would need replacing. Anyway, I'm not, I don't know. You would think they'd wear out this soon at 140,000 kilometers. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they gave a couple little stories and whatnot, and huh. it gets to a point where... Now, people are saying it is a known issue, but Ford won't say it's a known issue, and blah, 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 so it's not covered under warranty, blah, 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 all that crap. Anyway, so, uh, okay, well, what's it going to cost? Oh, just over $3,000. <laughs> and my outside voice, which is... Or my inside voice came out. <laughs> <laughs> There was a, you gotta be kidding me. And he's, uh, no, no, it's, well, <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. So <laughs> needless to say, I am not happy. I've spent more money on my air conditioner system, a couple other small issues that weren't covered under warranties, and now another three plus thousand yeah. dollars on a, a new vehicle. Well, what surprised me was, was uh, last year when you, was it last year did your house Canada store? Yeah. So... Three times I took it in to get my air conditioning fixed. Yeah, but it's and I thought it was kind of, I kind of laughed a little bit, but I thought it was weird that you never use your air conditioning. Yeah. But it broke down. Yeah. <laughs> the one time I finally tried my air conditioning, yeah, I never use it. I yeah. always drive with the window down. Yeah. So I had my mother-in-law in the truck, turn my air conditioning on, and it didn't work. <laughs> so I took it in, and they go, well, it's out of warranty. Well, it's never worked, apparently. I've never yeah. used it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So I ended up paying a couple thousand dollars to get that fixed. <laughs> now another... I've I've spent more money on my new truck yeah. than I did on my twenty year old Ford Ranger. Yeah. 
you know, with, with 420,000 kilometers on it. <laughs> I should have kept that. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I wrote a little thing there and, and I said, I'm always doing the, the playful banter back and forth with my buddies that drive Dodges. Yeah. I'm beginning to wonder if maybe I should have bought a Ram. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously need Ford Canada or the Ford Motor Company to explain to me how come I, on a, on a vehicle with 140,000 kilometers. Yeah. I need to fix this already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, eh? it's beyond ridiculous. I'm yeah. Oh, I was just hmm. fuming yeah. yesterday. Huh. And uh, yeah, so it's been an angry, angry day. <laughs> I'm angry, <laughs> not hangry. <laughs> um, and then tonight you show up. Yes. Not really angry. <laughs> With jerky. Oh, yes. You brought three types of jerky today. Yes. So explain to us about potato chip jerky. <laughs> well. We talked about this last week. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. See if we can hear this. That. <laughs> that. Is the sound of jerky that. Whoops. Goes in the dehydrator a tad too long. So I I put it in the dehydrator. I, I put it in at like 5 p.m. And I was supposed to, before I went to bed, I was supposed to take it out. And I was at work the next day. And for some reason, it popped up to my head. It's like, the jerky. <laughs> so it dehydrated for 18 hours. Wow. Dude. <laughs> it's like eating chips. Yeah. Um Potato chip jerky. That's pretty much what we're getting here. It still tastes good. Okay, sure. <laughs> Almost has that, I don't know, dirt consistency after you're chewing it. <laughs> but for a first attempt, we'll give you that, a first attempt. Well, it wasn't a first attempt. It was just I forgot about it. <laughs> it was the first attempt at your recipe. At my recipe, okay. Yeah. So the second attempt at my recipe, because you th- showed up with three bags today. Yes, yes. The second attempt at my recipe, which the truth later came out, <laughs> there was drinking involved while I, making. I had a few beer. A few. <laughs> and I was, uh, and I played around with the recipes. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have. So you had perfection written down on a piece of paper and you <laughs> messed with it. Uh, you I, messed I, with it. They're not too bad. I, I admit the uh, the maple syrup seemed to be a bad choice because <laughs> it it just made the jerky tarry. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's 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 not so good. It was it was nice when it was fresh right out of the dehydrator, but now that it sat in the Ziploc bags for a while, it's just kind of it's kind of got gummy. Yeah, it's, it's got a weird consistency yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, but the third bag. I'm not sure what I did to that one. <laughs> not sure what I did, but it was pretty close. It was closer. It's closer. It's, to it's, what, it was what it was better. supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, There's so, less experimenting yeah. with that recipe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. But uh, I mean, <laughs> crispy jerky. I've never had crispy jerky before. <laughs> I mean, if, if anybody's looking for it's some birch bark. Splinters. <laughs> <laughs> Poor cow died for I know for this. It's current. I bet you the dog would eat it though. Oh, probably. Yeah, just don't give it to my dog. He's allergic. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Really? yeah, yeah, he's allergic. That's it. That's the ticket. Yeah, my dog's allergic to beef. So <laughs> I get the weirdo animals. Yeah. Well, it was uh, a nice attempt anyway. Yes, yes, you yes, know, yes. It, it, uh... <laughs> Don't beer and jerky at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Speaking of beer, what are we drinking this evening? Oh, yes. So this um, is, again, Chronicle Brewing. Well, I started out oh, with yes. the Jack Daniels Apple, of course I put it way over there, Harvest Harvest Har- Apple, Harvest Apple, Apple something. something or other. Um, apparently that stuff would be good in hot apple cider. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I'm just drinking, I, I, you might as well put a straw in it. <laughs> it's so easy going down. Yeah. It's not like a harsh, like the yes, harsh and, Jack and, Daniels. And it's not like a normal Jack Daniels. It's not like, you know, 35, 40, 40% alcohol. It's... 15 or 14%? 15, 15%, 15%, yeah, yeah. It's like drinking wine, I guess. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's just a, like a high alcohol wine sort of yeah. thing. It was pretty good. But then the beer we're drinking is by Chronicle again. Yep. You stopped at Chronicle last week and picked up a bunch of yeah, them. Yeah, so we have a few weeks worth of Chronicle here. And this one is? The Ignorant Farmer, an amber wheat ale. Mm-hmm, 4.5% alcohol. Chroniclebeer.com, check them out. I've noticed there's a lot of beer companies that just take the regular silver can and, and throw a them. sticker on it. Yeah, exactly. It sticker seems labels. to be the cheapest way for, you know, it's, I think it would be pretty expensive to start bottling your own stuff mm-hmm. and time consuming. And I'm, it looks like uh, I've seen a lot, quite a few uh, of the microbrews using these, this same tall boy can with the, uh, the sticker labels, right? There's some silver can company that's making a fortune. I know. <laughs> and a sticker company. Yeah. Maybe they're the same guys. We'll make a fortune. Yeah. Cans and stickers. So it must be just some sort of machine that you hand rotate to seal the, the lid. sticker. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, working for them, so. Yeah. Anyway, Chronicle Brewery. Uh, what is it? Chronicle, Chronicle Beer. Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, the Ignorant Farmer Amber Wheat Ale and your Jack Daniels Apple Harvest mm-hmm. mash stuff. Really good. Uh, what do we need to talk about this week? We got a couple things to talk about. We do. The one we sort of lost track of. Yeah, and, and I forgot about it until I saw um, Novacraft put a yeah. blog out. Yeah, Novacraft. They they tweeted about their blog, and that's how I discovered it because I follow them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, they I don't were... know how we we let this one slip by. Yeah, because I, I remember we it. mentioned it. Yes. That Probably. it was going to happen. We mentioned it in the spring. And then, yeah, like two springs ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah, yeah, because this was last year that they did it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I don't know how we f- we totally... Forgot about it. Right on by us. Six North of 60, a women's paddle expedition to the Arctic. Six women, 60 days. Actually turned out to be 62 days. <laughs> six rivers and 60 degrees north. Uh, you can find out everything right now. I'll just tell you the, their website. Six, the number six, north of 60, six zero, the numbers, dot O-R-G. Six, north of 60. Yeah, if you O-R-G. Google it, you'll find it right away. Yeah. So the front page of their, their website stated, we paddle with purpose, an expedition not only for ourselves, but designed to tangibly empower and inspire girls, helping them see that women are truly capable of anything. And I remember that's exactly what caught our eye before was because yes. we were on the, you know, women can do things just as, as yeah. well as guys can, uh, especially when it comes to the outdoors. So June, 2017, 
that's yeah we we totally <laughs> dropped the ball on this and i apologize <laughs> profusely for this one june 2017 Lindsay, meredith maddie marissa sammy emily Six yeah, one, two, yeah, the six of them left on a canoe expedition to the Arctic Ocean, traveling more than a thousand kilometers. And it was not really your regular thousand; it ended up being twelve hundred kilometers. Uh, their mission: first, they wanted to be the first to paddle a previously unconnected canoe route, twelve hundred kilometers from the Mackenzie Mountains in Canada's Northwest Territories to Nunavut's Coronation Gulf via the Keel River, Great Bear Lake, and Coppermine River. Yeah. And we had we had seen uh, uh, a few people doing various routes similar in the area mm-hmm. over the last two years, and and that's why this this group of women caught our attention, and it it just seems like such a uh, it, it, the the challenge of it was was so interesting, and uh, so now we finally we're finally following up. <laughs> yeah. We should write some Better of these things now. down for follow-up. I know. <laughs> got a big board. We need a board. We need somebody to come in here and make a board for yeah. our wall. Because, you know, the ones that I have on the floor aren't doing it. <laughs> uh, their second goal, to use their experience as an example of self-determined female leadership in order to show girls that women, too, can explore the outdoors, get dirty, and tackle daunting physical challenges just as well as boys. Because that's always been the thing. You know, and it's, it's, oh no, it's a, it's a guy's thing. I know, I know. And, and it's, I, I hate it when people get all misogynistic about stuff like this. It's, uh, humans are capable. It doesn't matter what sex you are. Nope. And you know what? You get six women out there doing it and they're all going to, they're going to pull through and do what they, yeah. they, they know uh, with their, with their skills and stuff like that. Yeah. They know what they're doing. So if you go to their webpage, there's a who we are page on the website and it shows the six pictures of them. If you click on the pictures, then it opens up to a second page of yeah. that person's uh, bio. And it shows where they come from, what they've done, all their training, how long they've been paddling, their different certifications, all that sort of stuff. So you can see what, they, what they've been doing. And uh, yeah, they're more than, more than capable of, uh, of doing this kind of trip. No problems. So they also had a fundraising campaign. They wanted to raise money and support for the leadership program at the girls' canoeing camp, in which they've all gone to. And I know I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Ogichi Dakwe? I D- think so. D-A-A-K-W-E? Uh, a wilderness tripping and community-based nonprofit in Minnesota that has been formative to their individual developments as strong, confident female leaders. So they're raising money for, for that camp that they've all been to and that sort of thing. That's, that's a pretty cool thing to do. And so their route, they decided, they got together and they decided, here's what we're going to do. No problems doing it. Let's choose our route. We'll choose something a bit challenging and uh, not really done before. The Keel River, located in the Mackenzie Mountains of Canada's Northwest Territories, that's where they would start. So the float plane, they all hop in float planes and drop some there and they got a zip up. So that was mid June. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in June, 2017. June 2017. And they spent two weeks paddling class two, class three whitewater up the uh, Mackenzie river Valley on the Keel river. Yeah. They end up, uh, three days on the Mackenzie river, which is uh, a lot of history up through there. That whole, I mean, the whole area has, has a lot of history that they're traveling there, which is really cool. I wouldn't want to be doing it in June though. 
The bugs. The bugs would have been, been killer. Absolutely killer. Kudos to them for doing it in June. Yeah, because you know, and that seems to be when everybody goes up that way too. June, yeah. July, and uh, beginning of August. So yeah, so the Mackenzie River, and after that, only sixty miles. <laughs> yeah. They arrive at the confluence of the Great Bear River. Yes, that goes into the Great Bear Lake, and this is where they began. They began their up upstream trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did they put here? First five miles of the Great Bear River, calm enough to paddle, and they can. Uh, they'll wade and line their canoes. For 10 days to cover the remainder <laughs> 70 miles. <laughs> yeah. So wow. That almost sounds like a David Lee trip. <laughs> not, the water go? Not much paddling going on. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what they said. That was going to be one of their, their really uh, um, hard parts to do of the trip. Yeah. And then after completing the upstream section of the uh, Great Bear River, They'd enter the largest inland lake. I didn't even realize how big this lake was till I started reading this. Yeah, it's massive. Great Bear eh? Lake. 20 days on the lake traveling 245 <laughs> miles. 20? That, that's almost three weeks. It's mind-boggling. That's an inland sea, not a lake. That's, <laughs> I knew it was big. I mean, you see mm-hmm. it on a map. You look yeah. at a map of and Canada yeah, and you see you, this big splotch. Yeah, but you don't really appreciate it until you hear how long it takes somebody to paddle across it. 245 miles mm. along the sharp cliffs, scattered islands, and fjords, uh, fjord-like bays of its southern and eastern shores. Huh. I did not think it was that big. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty massive. When they get done that, they get to their last segment of their expedition and they had to travel overland and upstream again and pothole portaging. They say using our skills of navigation and pothole portaging <laughs> to make our way up the Sloan River. And from there, they hoped to find river, uh, sorry, find water in the Hook River. Yeah. They figured that at that point, by that time of the year, because that would have been so mid June, mid July, mid August, getting mm-hmm. into beginning of August, I guess. Um, the Hook River might just be a little stream at that <laughs> point, which is again a David Lee trip. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hook River is a tributary of the Copper Mine. So the Copper Mine, again, a massively historic river, the Copper Mine River. And they're going to uh, travel the, the Copper Mine. Of course, like they say, Samuel Hearn and Sir John Franklin. On the copper mine, right? And they end up in Coronation Gulf on the Arctic Ocean next to uh, Kagluktuk. And that's where they uh, fly back home from. Yeah. It's an incredible trip, eh? That's, yes. I mean, like, like I say, you, 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 you just see the rivers are traveling. I mean, those are there's a lot of history on those rivers alone. So to be able to paddle those those rivers, I mean, these rivers were, were key to the exploration of Canada, right? Yeah. Uh, so to be able to paddle those rivers and... And whatnot in a group. And I just imagine the the memories they take from that. Oh, I know. From that trip. I know. You know, th- this sounds to me like one of those trips that there's going to be days that you're just going to absolutely be foul mood. <laughs> you know, you're going to be dropping F-bombs left, right, and center. Yeah. As everything's going to be, don't even talk well, to me. Don't that, look at me. Don't. <laughs> that's how you trip. I, I will kill you. <laughs> I will. I will cut you. <laughs> and then other days... It's going to be absolutely fantastic, yeah. all rainbows yeah. and butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it know? always amazes me when when you hear about people doing these uh, epic trips. It's like, <laughs> and I guess it's just when when you have a, a a job that you have to go to and you get limited vacation. Yeah. How do you get so much time off? It's just amazing. Like I would love to do something like this, but I can't take sixty days off of work. No, but you know what? I notice a lot of people that do these, um, these kind of trips, they aren't, for lack of a better term, very far in their career. Yes, you know, often, they're, they're they're younger. Yes, or they've they they're they don't really have one solid career that yeah. they've worked. Or there, and I, I've seen this quite often is it's, there's people doing these kind of trips. It's they're, they're, uh, they work at outfitters. They work in the outdoors industry. Yes. They work, they have flexible work hours so that they could say, listen, I'll, I'll do extra work over the winter. I need 60 days off in the summer or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or, or you just self-schedule, right? Like uh, often, like, like if you think of anybody who, uh, who does, uh, guiding and stuff, you could just not take on any, uh, jobs for that amount of time. Right. If you save up and, and so it, I can see how a lot of people do it. It's just that my career is not conducive <laughs> to something like this. Yeah, yeah, neither is mine. You know, I walk into my job and say, hey, can I take three months off? <laughs> Don't bother coming back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> take as much time off as yeah. you want, buddy. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, yes. But you know what? Like, things like this, people weren't really, I guess the people I was, I, I, that it were influencing me at the time, they weren't doing stuff like this. When I was getting no. into things, it was like, you know what, get your, get your college or university diploma, get your job going, get your career, get in there and get your, yeah. your experience so you can get that job. Cause you need to make that money for when you retire and da, 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 yep. da. There was no, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, uh, take two years first and yeah, you don't see, do like, all these big expeditions. And I never stuff. saw this growing up and I'm seeing it more and more now. And it's, I don't think it's just because it's more obvious because of social media and stuff. So you see the stories, you hear about the stories. I think there is also a quotient that there's a lot more people doing this kind of thing mm-hmm. that people are finding more time for themselves to go out and, and do these, some of these epic trips and these, you know, these personal you yeah. know, goals. And I think a lot of it, what, like when I was going high school and I finished high school, I'm taking a year off to work. Yeah. So I can afford college or university. Another, yeah. Or I'm going to take the summer and I'm going backpacking through Europe. Exactly. That was what it was during. Back what, in the day, back, yeah. Back, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, 25 years ago now. Yeah. That's what people were doing. Yeah. Yeah, about 25, 27 years ago. That, <laughs> <laughs> hang on, let me get my calculator. We're both. Shut fi- up, I'm angry. We're both 50, so it was. It was yeah, 27. Just, 32 so, yeah, years yeah. ago. <laughs> but that's what it, <coughs> excuse me, that's what everybody was doing. We're going, we're taking a year off to work yeah. or I'm going to go, you know, backpack for a couple of months yes. through Europe yeah. and then I'll come back and yeah. decide what's going on. But now there's like, yeah, I'm going to take 60 days. I'm going to yeah. take a year. I'm going to take a couple of years and whatever. And I'm going to go do these massive expeditions. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a couple of people who are planning on doing, like, taking five months and doing the Adirondack Trail. It's like, I'm sorry, you're going to do what? How do you get yeah. so much time off work? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like, holy cow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know what? I also know people that have gotten that golden handshake. You no. know, we're, we're downsizing. Here's exactly. a year's salary or whatever, yeah. or, or half a year's salary. Yeah. 
well, thanks. <laughs> and off I'd go. Right? Yeah. And then they get back and yeah. So, and that's what they do. They don't do anything for five, six months and they, well, my money's running out. I got to go get a job now. Yeah. Well, during the six months. You could have done something. You could have done all yeah. this. Exactly. You know, and like I say, if you're, if you're putting a canoe trip or something together, mm-hmm. then how much money is that going to cost you? Well, yeah. It, you know, the, the outfitting part of it, like. For the most part, you're, you're, you're it's all up front cost. Yeah, it's all up front cost. It's uh, you gear up. You're going to use certain gear, and mm-hmm. for the most part, you're going to have almost everything you need. And then it's just supplies. Yeah, right. It's it's food that you're going to you would have been eating anyways. Yeah. So well, even cheaper maybe. It could be yeah, actually. You know, because I mean, if you're dehydrating your stuff and whatnot, yeah, right, and and you're not going out to restaurants, you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not ordering pizza or burgers. So it, it, could be a way to uh, get off. You're not doing any shopping. You're not buying no. beer. You're not buying booze. You're out tripping and getting healthy and getting fit. And and it's uh, yeah, I think it'd be great. You end up you'd end up saving money. You right? would, but you know now we're unfortunately for us. <laughs> you know, like I mean, my kids right now. I mean, one's doing what he wants. He's you know working. He's living at home. Yeah. You know while he's getting some experience and doing some, some tests. There's, there's these exams he has to write to get into what he wants to do. So if you know what, you might as well take a couple of years, save your money and buy and spend it on, you know, having fun for a couple of years or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know what, by the time that's done and you're in your career and then you're getting a girlfriend or you're moving out or whatever yeah. and, and you're, you're moving on with your life at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what, take the time now and enjoy yourself because you're going to want to be happy you did it. Oh, exactly. Later, yeah. You know, and I mean, it's better to do it now and then wish you had later, regret it later, wishing you had have done something. Yeah. I mean, Mackenzie, he goes to all these different music festivals and stuff. He's yeah. been to Miami. He's been to Dominican. He's going yeah. to Mexico. Like he goes to all these music festivals and stuff and has a yeah. blast. Do it. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we used to go to concerts and all that. And it's like, I wouldn't trade any of that now. Yeah. You broaden your experiences. You know, my exactly. daughter, when she's out of university, she wants to head to Japan for six months or something like that and Asia and all that sort of, because she's doing the art thing and she's got a, you know, focusing on Asian art. So that's what she wants to do is go travel and see all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, do it, do it while you're young, because when you're older, you might not get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's what people like this are doing is they're, they're saying, you know what, we're still young. We're not in the middle of our, our careers. We've got the time. Yeah. Let's go on these massive expeditions, Mm -hmm. you know? So you get six women that have all gone to these, this, this camp and they're thinking, you know what? We're six women. We'll get together. Let's go do the this this massive trip. It'll be the time of our lives. And you know what? Memories that they're going to, you know, in 50 years when they all get back together yeah, exactly. and have a chat about it. Yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome, you know? And this could open doors for, for you. Instead of end up getting a, a, you know, a nine to five job and whatever, this could end up being, lead them into careers in the outdoor industry or something oh, that yeah. they'll find much more rewarding or... You know? Well, they say find a passion and do that for a living. Exactly, yeah. And if this is what they're passionate. Now, I did go on and I was looking at their bios and stuff like that and quite impressive, but none of them are like in the same place. Like there's one in Ohio. One, How did in they link up? It was Denver, all the same one. camp, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're all, th- one's out in, living in India now. Oh, yeah? A couple of them are in Colorado, but one's in Denver, one's in Boulder, One's in Cincinnati, like they're all over the place now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with the internet, you know, your FaceTiming, your emailing, exactly, your texting, it's all easier that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. 
so yeah, you know what? If you, like I say, we'll go again, uh, 60north60.org. That's their website. And face, they're on Facebook, 6north of 60, there's stuff there. But we got to give credit where credit is due here. Novacraft, their blog, Novacraft Canoe, their blog, novacraft.com backslash category backslash blog, or I do believe there's just a little blog tab at the top of their page. Go check out the novacraft.com site and uh, read their blog because they actually, I think it was Sarah from Novacraft, um, had a chat with a few of these girls over the phone and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. And uh, asked questions. So the whole thing, the questions she's asked, the answers that were given and all that, there, there's a whole bunch of uh, questions that she's asked these girls uh, about uh, the trip. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. So credit where credit is due, Novacraft canoe their blog go check it out read it and uh, i think you'll be uh, impressed with what uh, they have to say and like again apologies on our behalf for totally skipping this <laughs> we, we we mentioned it before they did it and said we're gonna have to follow it and and i just totally totally forgot about totally it. slipped through the cracks of uh, of our fingers here anyway um let's take a quick break here and we'll come back with uh something else to give you thinking about over the winter Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. This portion of the show is brought to you by Derek's Crackling Jerky. When you need now something that sounds mean. like a twig, pick Derek's Crackling Jerky. <laughs> For the record, I gave a piece to the dog. He died. He gave me the finger. <laughs> Welcome to Derek's Crackling Jerky. <laughs> Ah, uh, if you can't pick on Derek, who can you pick on? Because <laughs> there's no one else here. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of people out there want to try that jerky right now. I bet you they do. It's Derek's crackling, snapping jerky. <laughs> Mm-mm, goodness. <laughs> crackling spackle. Yep. All right. Um... <laughs> I want to talk about training. Yes. And unfortunately, training pants for yourself, training pants and how to train people to make proper jerky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a bag full here, buddy. I'm going to be snapping and cracking all my own. <laughs> and uh, yeah, training about if you're into, into paddle sports, like I say, everybody goes out and they, 
hop on a paddle board or in a kayak or canoe and do a little paddling, that sort of stuff. If you're into any type of paddle sport, there are things that you can be trained in to for skills and you know advance what skills you do have, get better exactly. at it, that sort of thing. This could be something to think about over the winter months. Yeah. You know, so I just want to go over some, some, some things. And I mean, we talked about, uh, giving people gift certificates to places like the Madawaska Canoe Center. Yeah. Skills so, upgrades. And- yeah. You know, whitewater kayaking, that sort of stuff. So next spring they can, uh, go there and book themselves a weekend or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, so let's, let's just chat about some stuff. Cause I mean, I've been canoe tripping for over 25 years. You know, I've been, this was my first year kayaking. And we did uh, a session stand-up paddle boarding. I've done rafting once and won't do it again uh, for, you know, <laughs> drowning purposes. Um, I've never done rafting. Have you never gone rafting? Never. I went once and then I went swimming the same day <laughs> at the same time. I was multitasking. Wasn't that the fun part of it, falling in the water? Not for me, it wasn't. <laughs> um, apparently, when I'm underwater, my direction compass goes oh, yeah? a kilter. <laughs> Up is down, down is up, left is right, right is left, <laughs> spinny, spinny, twirly, twirly, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, let's just start off with paddle safety. For people new to paddling, you know, safety should be of your paramount importance. There's p- programs like Paddle Smart, and it's been put together by adventuresmart.com. Uh, it balances key safety messages with an individual's responsibility for safety, encouraging the public to obtain the knowledge, skills, and equipment necessary to enjoy their outdoor pursuits. So basically this is, if you're new to paddling, you might want to take one of these courses yes. and learn the proper way to, to paddle, the proper way to, you know, safety things that you should take into effect if you're getting out on the water. Paddle smart program includes trip planning uh so like leaving the right information with the responsible people that sort of that sort of stuff yes maps all that you know food you know all the stuff to to go into do whether it's a day trip or or a longer trip exactly they teach you how to properly train or properly trip plan like whether that's route finding or picking your route or or you know just to how do, uh, you know, the right maps to carry and, yeah. and so on, right? Training, where to seek it and recognize your ability and skills. Mm-hmm. Taking the essentials, take the basic equipment for every paddle sport activity. Alcohol and paddling, they do not mix. And they can actually add into cannabis into this now too. Exactly. Well, yes. I'm sure they've updated it already yes. here. Hypothermia, recognize the signs, symptoms, create a treatment plan. So this is what the Paddle Smart program is, you know, and there's a lot of different yeah. programs like this. Yeah. For for new paddlers, you know what? Think safety when you're going out there, whether you're kayaking, whether you're stand up paddle boarding, whether you're canoeing, rafting, whatever. Think smart, think safety. And that's one thing you might want to uh, somebody that's into um, getting. I mean, for if, if you're a parent and your kid wants to get into this sort of stuff, oh, exactly, that'd be a great, oh, great yeah. present for them. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't buy them a paddle, buy them a a, a, a weekend course or something like that. Mm-hmm. And set your mind at ease. Oh, right? exactly. If you're sending your kids off into the wilderness, you want them to know that they're going to be coming back in one yeah. piece type thing. You know, you're going to know that your kids are going to be going off and, uh, you know, they're going to have the right skills for like first aid and whatnot so that they can get out there and they'll recognize, uh, 
you know, when conditions are deteriorating, how to find safety, how to how to be safe, and how to you know that they if the, everybody in the group is properly trained, that if one person's injured, the other people can gather together and, and help that one individual. It's it's uh, you everybody should do this for their children and and for anybody that they uh, they love sending out into the into the wild in the backcountry. Yeah, I mean, I've been on trips where where things happen and. You know, I mean, the, there was one trip that I did that re- somebody required first aid and boom, I was there. I had the equipment. I had the, the know-how yeah, to do it. Exactly. You know, and if nobody had that know-how. Yeah, everybody's humming on. What do you do? Yeah. You know, mind you, we've had those days too. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> I don't know. We'll just sit here and look like a bunch of boobs on a log. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, something like the the paddle smart. If you know if you got a kid or something like that, that's getting right into it, or you throw something that way. So canoes, kayaks, rafts, and stand up paddle boards. A lot of it uh, tends to be the same. But you can now we go by ca- uh, Paddle Canada. They, okay. they train yep. a lot of this orca that sort of stuff. There's a lot of groups down through the states. The American Canoe Association, stuff like that. There's a lot of them that down there and, and through Canada and, and through Europe and Britain and stuff like that, England. A um, lot of organizations that will train you. Yes. On yeah. how to properly canoe, kayak, raft, stand-up paddleboard, that yes. sort of stuff, right? And, I mean, a lot of this really, when I was getting into it, wasn't available to me. So it's basically trial and error and then picking up skills from people the more you do it, yeah. that sort of stuff. But now, I mean, like canoeing, you can go learn basic canoeing, intermediate canoeing, and advanced skills. A lot of them are like a weekend course or one-day course, that sort of stuff, right? So you start out, well, this is how you get in a canoe. Here's the parts of the canoe. Here's how you your basic strokes to paddle a canoe, you know. Yeah, and Here's and your the, safety equipment yeah. you got to have, your life jacket, your ropes, you know. And I've taken Simple. all those courses, even as a child, as as an adult, I've taken quite a few of these different types of courses mm-hmm. on how to better handle a canoe and, in you know, initially the proper strokes and what the strokes are, and then eventually whitewater uh, courses. And yeah. so it's, it's all about upgrading skills so you can be a better skilled tripper out there and be safer. Right. So and if, if we're first one here is talking about the canoe, it's your basic intermediate and advanced skills. So you become a, a good canoe tripper, a, yes. canoe, a, good, a yeah. good canoeist. Then you can take whitewater courses. So if you want to go down rapids and stuff. Yes. You know, as opposed to, you know, get off the, the More advanced and, skills, try something new, something right. different, something fun. Then if you're, well, I enjoy canoeing, so maybe I should go on one of these longer trips. Well, <laughs> learn how to take a course on canoe tripping. Yeah. And they'll teach you what you need to know. And a lot of them are, you know, like, well, now that we've taught you for a couple of days, well, then we're going to go on a canoe trip. And you got to bring your tent. You got to bring your food. You got to portage. You got to do all this sort of stuff. Canoe polling, that's fun. <laughs> that was interesting. That was an interesting course. Love yeah. that. Now, uh, yeah, you, you hook up and somebody, Stephen Coots. Yeah. Two day course. We uh, hooked up with him and learned how to canoe pole. Coastal canoeing. So if you're out on the the East Coast or West Coast. East Coast, West Coast, or even like Georgian yeah. Bay. Yeah. Georgian Bay is like yeah. coastal yeah. canoeing. One of the Great Lakes, Superior. Yeah, it gets know? rough. Yeah, this will teach you that sort of. Canoe dance and ballet style. Didn't style we canoeing. we cover that in we one did. of the episodes? Yep, yep. And yeah, so you, if, you, if you're interested in that, you can actually learn. People teach you how to do that. And then you can get the music and you start learning and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, right? 
And then after you get all these different things, any one of these, you, you can have the option to become an instructor, uh, get your instructor certification in that. So if you want, if you want to be a canoe instructor to teach your basic intermediate and advanced skills, after you've got all of them, you've passed all those, then go become an instructor and teach more people exactly. a safe way. Yeah and all the skills to canoe. It's a natural progression. If you're into that strongly into the outdoor sports and stuff and paddling, then it, once you get a lot of these skills under your belt, sort of natural to end up in a, a, a have an instructor certification and, yeah. and begin guiding. And well, you yourself, you've been doing all these paddling for how many years? Yeah. And now realistically, even though you don't have your instructor certificate, yeah. you're taking your kids out, you're teaching them. Maybe their kids, your kids' friends are going to come on a couple of trips yeah. and you're going to teach them how to canoe and mm -hmm. to portage. And all. So realistic, you're just an uncertified instructor. Yes. So it's sort of, yeah, it, it, like exactly. you say, it's the next logical step. Mm -hmm. You might as well go and get your, your piece of paper to hang on your wall that says, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm well, a certified instructor and I can do it safely. I often see like, you know, with these, uh, with these kids clubs and, you know, the pad these paddle programs that they have, like in Algonquin Park, for example, Oftentimes, it's an 18, 19, 20-year-old who is between high school and university, and they guide for a few years before mm -hmm. they get back into the school thing. Yeah. So, it's, so yeah, get, into your, get your instructor certification on any of these things for canoeing. Kayaking, again, basic, intermediate, and advanced skills. Then you got your whitewater kayaking. Then you got your ocean and sea kayaking. And then you got your instructor certification. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I mean, your, your original skills are teaching you how to paddle yes. your safety, how to do rolls, how to, you know, rescue yourself. If you zip, you know, roll and come yes. out of your, yeah. out, out of your kayak, that sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, you can get into the whitewater paddling down rivers, rapids, play boating, all that sort of stuff. Big surf out in the ocean and the stuff like that. You can learn how to do all of that. And then again, yeah, you, you can start teaching people how to do it once yeah. you get proficient at exactly. it. Exactly. Whitewater, or sorry, rafting. Um, basic, intermediate, advanced skills, learning your skills for, for rafting. And then you become a whitewater river guide. Go down the Grand yeah. Canyon or some of these things. Oh, that'd be neat. Learn to, learn to do that, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, that Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome because you got to learn how to do that. Yes. I mean, some of these, yeah. watch some of this stuff is... People aren't just going to be hopping in, mm -hmm. a, in a raft and doing this. Yeah. You need to learn how to do that. And yeah. I, I don't think it's something you learn over a weekend either. Oh, no. You know? No. I mean, when you're looking at the Grand Canyon, they know that that's water. That's serious skills. So that's, that's, that's a yes. lot of time going down those rapids mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. But that's an option that you have to train. So, that, I mean, that one, yeah, I mean, we're talking training the, to not necessarily doing it over a weekend or something, but. You know, a, a future goal. Guiding could be, you know, ra uh, river rafting. Yes. Right? Stand-up paddle boarding. We were out with uh, Mackay Paddle Surf there. You do your basic stuff that teaches you how to, you know, stand up, how to paddle, sit, uh, stand, lay down on the board and fall off the board and <laughs> <laughs> all that sort of stuff. The parts of the board, that sort of thing. You get your intermediate and your advanced skills. But then you can learn... Um, touring stand-up paddle boarding. Yes. You know, so if you're going on longer day trips and stuff, not yeah. just around for an hour, you're going on longer trips. River stand-up paddle boarding, which may involve, um, you know, like standing waves and stuff like that. So basically you're surfing on a standing wave. 
So you get into the, the whitewater stuff. Uh, then you get into the river touring, which is, you know, going down long rivers, stuff like that. Uh, so then there's the surf. So you're out on as if you were surfing, but you got the paddle. Yeah, and we uh, we I remember I showed you a couple of videos there in Montreal. There's a couple standing waves from beginner to advanced. Right. It rated right off of Montreal, and yeah. uh, it was uh, was it uh, YouTube channel Paddle TV. So that that was it was really interesting the stuff that they were getting into, and and as with a lot of these skills, like you're gonna see like the whole slew of things like uh, with any outfitter like uh, Gonkon Outfitters or anything like that. When you get a a business like that, you end up you end up hiring guides who could be kayaking or canoeing, guiding, and, and all of these things just because that's the services you provide. Well, so, our, our friend Mark in the park, yeah, we've been canoeing exactly. with him for ages. Yeah. And that's what he, he's guiding he through Algonquin. Last summer. Yeah. Algonquin uh, out, uh, Outfitters. He's yeah. uh, guiding with them yes. now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You showed me that, that video there in Montreal, uh, yeah, the river I, there and, uh, yeah, they're standing waves there. The guys are going yeah. through, and they're going for a couple of yeah. kilometers, no problem. And these these white water on their stand up paddle boards and stuff. And so yeah, so you can learn how to do that. And then again, just like everything else, you can go get your instructor certification once you get um, good enough at all of this, and teach people how to start surfing. And yes, you know, uh, Warren King from Mackay said he was down in Costa Rica when he started learning all this sort of stuff. Oh yeah. And he's planning a trip this winter to. He's, they're going to Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. Spring, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Cause yeah. he was there uh, a couple weeks back. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So learn how to do all of that and then uh, start teaching people how to do it. I mean, it only builds a sport when you start doing that. Right. But these are things that you can get trained in when it comes to paddling. Now, once you're all proficient in your different paddling, Something that we we need to learn is wilderness first aid and CPR. And I think that's a pretty good idea. Like for yeah. for myself, I'm I'm considering that. Well, it's, you know, if you're if you're tripping, canoe tripping, uh, back in, I mean, you're going for ten days back in. Yeah. You know, you're way you, up north you are or something on like that. Your own. Where you have to be yeah. self sufficient. You know, like and and I I use woodland caribou as a, as an example a lot. Is we flew in, they drop you in the middle of nowhere yeah. and they point to a lake on the map and say, see exactly. you there in three weeks. If something happens between when they drop you off yeah. and when and did there's you, no one there. Did you have a sat phone? We did not have a sat phone. So what are you going to do, right? We had spot. Oh, okay. You we did had, have yeah, spot. We, yeah, well, we had good. spot. That's good. But, you know, spot isn't, you know, it's not like somebody beams down. No, it's, it could be a few days <laughs> It could or be a couple right? of days, you know. So yeah. you need to be able to stabilize somebody, prevent them from going into shock. And and that's what the these wilderness first aid stuff does is it, it pretty much takes the premise that you have no one to rely on to come and help. You've yes. got to take care of all this. You've got to assess what happened and treat it as best you can until help arrives. So they treat things, and I just started looking at stuff that they, that they generally teach in these wilderness first aid and CPR courses. Infection control, patient and assessment systems, circulatory and respiratory systems, adult CPR, basic life support. Hopefully I'll never have to use that. <laughs> Nervous systems, spine management, musculoskeletal injuries, lifts, moves, and extractions. Sorry, extrications. Splints of the extremities, patient assessment drills, 
Thermoregulation. Bites and stings. Lightning. Wounds and burns. Allergies and anaphylaxis. Improvised patient carries. Uh, backcountry medicine. Medical and legal issues. Patient assessment drills with simulations. These are the things that they get into when they're teaching. The yeah, first. this is because any of this, yes. you may come across. Mm-hmm. I mean, we came, we've come across um, really bad cuts with knives and axes and stuff like that. Trips, falls, sprains, um, cuts. You know, somebody slips and yeah. cuts their leg or something like twists exactly. an ankle, that sort of thing. Twists a knee, hurts a shoulder. Yeah. Broke a brain. Split your shin instead of the log you're spl- trying to split. Yeah, uh, br- even bruises. I mean, you, you look at some of the nasty bruises. I remember oh, yeah. we were we were uh, um, lining a canoe, and I found. And they say, you know, don't grab the canoe if you're falling. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What I do is I put my arms out so that I don't grab the canoe. But I was started falling at such a speed, I whacked my arm off the gunnel. Oh wow! I had this massive, <laughs> massive bruise on my forearm. Yeah, and it was like, oh my god! But you got to watch that because it could turn into something, right? Yes. You don't know what you've done underneath that. If it's, is it just a really bad bruise, or if you cracked something under there, or whatever? You, you, and it happens like that. Yeah, and you you. you... Stuff like that, you want to be able to recognize and and treat it. You don't want to throw a blood clot, or you don't want to yeah. lose circulation to a limb, and then gangrene sets in. And the well, and you know what, or... you got to be able to look at somebody, and like they say, patient assessment. You got to be able to look at somebody. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, and they don't realize. You know, they got this massive yeah. gaping wound. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. And no, you know what? You're not fine and you got to deal with that sort of thing. And right? you got to recognize it early because you can't rely on the individual recognize it in themselves early, right? Right. So early intervention oftentimes can save a life. Yeah. So those, those are the sort of things with wilderness first aid. And if you are a big time canoe tripper and you go on these big trips, um, you might want to seriously think about a wilderness first aid course. And they get right into it. I mean, like I say, they, they throw these simulations and drills like, okay, here's what happened. And somebody's over here. They've fallen out of a tree. What are you going to do? And you've got to yeah. treat it like it's a real live event. Yeah. Uh, it could it could save you or your buddy's lives. You never know, right? Things happen. And the last thing that we've got on our list here is guiding. Yes. So if you... Now... I've heard differing things on this. Do you need a guiding license? Yes or no? Some people say yes. Some people say no. I think it depends on the size and type of company that you're going to work with and the the level of guiding trips that you're going to go on. That and there's also been talk and there's been debate if I call up five of my buddies and say, hey, I want to go here on a trip. Are you guys in? And all my five buddies say, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. I am considered the guide of that trip. Exactly. So, you, so you've, you've kind of taken responsibility for the right. group. So if you read some documentation, realistically, I should have guide training. Which nobody I know yeah. does. No. But if you read the documentation, 
it sounds, it, it reads as if, yeah, you need to go before you take your five buddies out. <laughs> and like I say, it could be, I don't think anybody goes that far into it. Yeah. Uh, when Scott and I went up the Moose River this fall, realistically, yes. I was the guide. You, it, Even you, though I never yeah. been. <laughs> you organized the trip. You I organized the trip. I planned the route and all that. I am the guide. So if anything went wrong, yeah. it was my fault. Realistically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, it's, there's a lot of gray area in all that, I think. But there are companies that do train people to be guides. Yeah. So, well, like black feather and stuff like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're going to need your, you can't just waltz in there and say, yeah, I've never canoe tripped before. Yeah. Or something you got to like have that. some history. You got to have experience. Yeah. And they're going to expect you to come in with a certain level of, uh, of, uh, you know, first aid CPR, stuff like that. Right. Right. Because they're not going to train you on that stuff. They expect you to come in pre-trained. Pre-trained. Or, you know, you start out slow and you get your courses and your experience and your first aid training and your backcountry rescue and all kinds of stuff like that, right? Right. So there are programs uh, that provide um, like a baseline baseline standard training. And they give some experience into, you know, the canoeists that want to enter the field. But they teach things like, Paddling skills, tandem and solo, large variety of rescue skills, group and risk management, emergency planning and first aid, camping and cooking skills, because those are, you know, pretty good when you're taking a group. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> oh no, we won't be eating for 10 days. Yeah. Food safety and hygiene. Again, pretty important because you don't want your group to get sick on day two because oh, you didn't cook absolutely. something properly yeah. or they're all drinking from the beaver pond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gear management, service industry attitude, which is, you know, pretty big. I mean, customer service, right? These people are out there probably, I would say 80% of the people that go have never been. Yeah. Uh, I could be off on that, but I mean, from what I, I've, people I've talked to that do it. Yeah. Some of these people have never been on trips like these. So you got to be able to have good customer service skills to say, this is, this is how things go. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. Here's what. Uh, even Marcus says some guys come out for their, the trips he guides and they want to help with everything. Which and is great. Uh, he says, I love that. They yeah. want to go collect wood, go collect wood. You yeah. want to cut wood? I'll teach you how to cut wood. Yeah. You want to cook? I'll, here, I'll teach you how to build yeah. a fire and we'll cook dinner together. Yeah. And there's other people that, no, I'm just going to sit on my butt yeah. and you do You're everything. You're going to do everything for me. So there's two top, total ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, they teach leave no trace. And an important one, interpretive and cultural skills. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you get out there and you, yeah, everybody, you're cruising along and you see some, some pictographs. You got to be able to, you know, tell these people, this is what this is. And, you know, explain the cultures of the area yes. and stuff like yeah. that and, and whatnot. So this is what they're, they're teaching you. So they do, they'll teach you day guiding and expedition guiding. Uh-huh. And then when you get good at it. You can then go back and learn day guide instructor and expedition guide instructor. So then you can now, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, open your own instructor course or your, your own, your own school. Are you going to be the lead guide and you're going to teach all the new guys coming How to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there is an awful lot that you could go for training. Exactly. 
And in wintertime is a great time to start beefing up those skills, beefing up the uh, the the skills that you're going to need over the fo- following summers and stuff like that. It's uh, this is the time to do it. You're not going to get all the skills all in one winter, but uh, it's, no. you got to start somewhere. Well, and I mean a lot of the stuff that that happens, you, you go into the spring and early summer. You know, the winter is the time to be starting to look. Well, what do I want? To, where do I want to go next? Yeah, and then you can start planning for this stuff and say, you know what, in June or July. I'm going to take my base, like June, I'm going to take my basic canoeing. Then early July, I'll take my intermediate. Yeah. And then if, if you're good enough, then you're advanced. Yeah. Right. So you get your three levels in a, in a summer or something of canoeing. And then, you know what, next year I'm going to try my whitewater canoeing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to try my, my tripping canoeing that there's so much that you can learn your safety, your, your wilderness first aid, your guy, you know, yeah. And, yeah, and eventually if, if you're right into it, then you go for your guiding license and, and hopefully you can land a job with a, with a company like Black exactly. Feather or something And like that's that. where you're going to see parents getting, you know, they, it's a uh, summertime you're, you know, you're between grade 11 and 12 and your, your child wants to, uh, they want to get in there and, and start taking some of these courses and some of this training. Right. Yeah. So it, it, and so this is a, this is a great opportunity if, and you know, if to enjoy and appreciate and, and love the backcountry and, and the natural wonders around you, it, you have to get out and start experiencing it. And that's where kids learn uh, a lifetime of appreciating, you know, w- what is around you instead of, you know, plugging themselves into the Xbox or whatever all summer long. Your Game Boy so you don't yeah. explode. <laughs> 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 so go out there and start looking on the internet for first uh, groups near you that will train you in, in all this stuff. And think of, seriously think about where you want to go with your, with your paddle sport, whichever one you're choosing and what you want to do with it and start thinking about next year, come spring, bright and early, get signed up and go take some, uh, some training. Exactly. I think you need to go, uh, on that wilderness first aid course. I want to actually, I think that would be interesting. If you go into sale at, in Oshawa, um, when you go the exit doors, there's the Bolton board sitting yes. there. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure there's one or two places that offer wilderness oh, first yeah? aid. Yeah. They, they've got their, uh, their little pamphlets up there. Mm-hmm. So if you're and it's in the area. Yes. So if you're interested. Exactly. In it, yeah. I think a few people have taken it. So, but yeah, go and, uh, go and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm more and more, I'm getting out into doing bigger and bigger trips. It's like, uh, it's like I'm in my twenties again, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it, it, this, and that's mostly, I think due to the podcast, people are saying, Derek, come out and do this, come out and do that. You're you welcome. Know? So the <laughs> <laughs> See what I got you So yeah, now. so the Des Moines trip and yeah. and the hiking that I'm going to do this winter and it's 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 exciting. I'm getting out doing more. So yeah. I, I think it'd be of benefit to uh, have some of these first aid and CPR courses. Well, I mean, I got to say the same. Like I've always thought, yeah, I'll, I liked Algonquin. I like some stuff around here. But since I started doing this, and I'm looking at these different rivers and, you know, say, oh, you know what, I'm going to, head up the Moose River and yeah. stuff like that or head down yeah. the Moose River and stuff and look at all these different rivers and head north and stuff like that. Maybe one day head to Banks Island and you're starting to really broaden the horizons. Yes. Starting yeah. to get into different types of paddle sports. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. oh, we're going far with this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've got this week. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to touch your crackling. <laughs> crackling jerky. <laughs> Uh, anything else for you? 
Uh, if anybody wants me to mail them some jerky. <laughs> <laughs> or nail it together as, as, a, as a boat. <laughs> you know what? I bet you Gilligan and the crew could use these to fix the Absolutely. hole in the minnow. I, if they would have made this jerky. Can you imagine how long that jerky's shelf life is? Oh. That 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 would have years. Archaeologists of are going to be digging this stuff up, going, "Wow!" <laughs> My wife, when it when when I pulled it out of the dehydrator and I showed her when she got home from work, she goes, "Can you rehydrate it?" <laughs> Just like, throw it in the water for a while. Would think, you? I don't think yeah. I think that would. Have you tried much, it? No, I'm not even going to try it. Throw it throw it in the throw it in a bowl of water for a bit. Rehydrate <laughs> it a tad. See what happens. But see, the thing is, is the the fibers have broken down too, right? So it it. I, I think it would just become nasty. Refiberize them. Yeah. <laughs> Throw in some water to refiberize. Yeah. <laughs> is that a word? We've just made a new word. Refiberize. I'm sure it is a word. There you go. <laughs> well, that's enough for, uh, for this week. Um, yeah. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to listen to our show, new ones and old ones, you can download or stream from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Player FM, and a dozen others. Because <laughs> every everywhere. time I Google it, there's Stitcher, there's Blueberry, there's we're everywhere apparently. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, we're being put up places that we didn't even know there were. Yeah, and all they're doing is they're pulling from the, the our RSS feed. Yeah. Yeah. They're just oh, yeah, we'll just copy that over and yeah. load it up there. So, eh, somebody says, oh, there's this podcast. Check them out. Yeah. And then we're there. Yeah, and they're using it for their own advertising. We're everywhere. Yes, we are. You can also check out our YouTube channel. We've got a couple of uh, more recent videos up there. And uh, check those babies out. Other than that, I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. Oh, 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 oh. before we go, uh, next week's show, because we always release our shows on oh, yes. Thursdays. But because of Christmas and Boxing Day yeah, and everything yeah. else that's going on, we actually will be releasing next week's show on Friday. Yes. So please don't send us any nasty hate mail, hate mail <laughs> saying, where is our show? This is you, Mike Burns. Uh, <laughs> if I don't put it up on time, oh, he's on me. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, next next Friday is when we'll be putting up the, yes. up the show. And that'll be episode 150 to end the year. Woohoo. 150 is the last show of the year in the last week of the year. Yeah. Timed that right, didn't we? And when people are listening to this tomorrow, it's my last work day of the year. Really? I don't go back until January 3rd. Wow. Must mm-hmm. be nice. Well, I, I burned vacation on it. Days. Yeah. I had yeah, to I burn up vacation on it. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.